Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. Have you checked out American Forces Travel yet? American Forces Travel is an exclusive website powered by Priceline, built for veterans and active duty. Check them out at veteranonthemove.com slash travel. All right, uh, Snooze and Sage are back. We're we're talking here with uh, retired Marine Corps General Tom Drotty. Sir, we were talking on part one about taking care of your own. Uh, You covered your taking care of your own concept through your Marine Corps career and then how you took that into USAA. Uh, So let's continue the discussion and topic of taking care of your own and, and what you've learned as you know, a military member pulling it out, bringing it out of the military and taking it with you into the civilian sector. Sure. I uh, just thinking back uh, my days in the Marine Corps uh, and I was really lucky. I ended up commanding the same company that I had started out in as a second Lieutenant. So uh, my troops kind of grew up as I grew up. Uh, I met them as a brand when I was a brand new second lieutenant out of Quantico as they were brand new privates and PFCs right out of boot camp. And then yeah. we had a tour in Okinawa together. I took my platoon into Vietnam in 1964. But anyway, uh, so I really knew them. And uh, I used to uh, have fun with uh, my admin clerks. Uh, they'd give me a name and I could recite uh, the name of that Marine's hometown if he was married, his wife's name, and if he had children, his children's name. Uh, because I thought those are the things you, you, you really ought to know to demonstrate that, that you care about your people. And then it came to pass that um, I was transferred from San Antonio to Sacramento to take over the office uh, there. And on the trip out, uh, Sandy and I, uh, I had a listing of the executive management team. So the, the vice president, assistant vice president's uh, managers of the office in Sacramento. <clears throat> And so on the way, I memorized the names, not only of all of them, but their spouses and their children. <laughs> and so when I showed up, I guess it was the first day, one of the uh, AVPs um, mentioned something that was going on in, uh, in his life. And, and I said, gee, I, I you know, how, that, that must be a very impressive to Ann, as well as uh, Brian and, and Susan. Ann was his wife, and Brian and Susan were his children. And he looked at me like, like I had two heads, and he said, you know the name of my wife and my children? I said, of course. <laughs> he said, your predecessor was here for years and never knew who they were. I said, well, th- th- that, that's a shame, but you know, if, if, if I'm demonstrating that yeah. I care about you because you're one of mine, and I care about the things that are most important to you or ought to be most important to you. And that's your wife and your children. And so, you know, it just, again, people would say, ah, oh, drowdy, what a gimmicky thing that was, but it really wasn't. It was a, a way to demonstrate that, that you care about people. Um, so anyway, that was a kind of the, the follow on to that. Uh, other opportunities uh, is with the foundation, uh, Marine Corps University Foundation in Quantico. And there's the same situation of knowing who the people were ahead of time. So that when I was introduced to them, I, I knew the name of their spouse, their children, something about their background and so forth. And then um, I guess going back to my days at, at USAA, I would have sessions with my direct reports. Uh, 
where I would go to them uh, rather than have them come to my office. And the reason I would go to them is because they would were more comfortable in their surroundings rather than sitting in my, but it's basically, how are things going? What are the things that, that you'd like to share with me that they maybe you don't want to share in front of the other uh, members of the executive management team that, you know, might be, you know, kind of uh, seem like a strange idea and you don't want to be, but whatever, this is our time together. And the other <laughs> advantage is that when you go to somebody else's office, uh, when it's, when it's time to terminate, uh, you, you say, thank you very much. And, and you leave rather than if they're in your office and you're looking for, you know, a, 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 a clever or, a, <laughs> or, a, or courteous way to say, Hey, this is over. You know, <laughs> the bricks, you know, you can just so, get them walk out. Yeah. yeah you just, so, so, but, but it, it gave them time with me that uh, they could run things by me. They could, uh, you know, share if they were anything that's going on that I could help. And it was just, uh, you know, one of those things that they didn't have to come down and it wasn't a thing of, Ooh, did you see where, where Julie is on, uh, uh, Tom's, uh, Tom's appointment? I wonder what's going on. No, Tom is uh, off uh, visiting Julie in her office to, to see whatever Julie wants to talk about. And sometimes there's nothing. I just say, okay, well, I just wanted to give you the, the chance if you want it. But it was that opportunity to, to share with the boss, those things that you think the boss ought to know. And uh, that perhaps you're a little reluctant to bring up in front of your peers or, or whatever. So uh, I guess it just kind of a follow on to that. And I did the same thing uh, with the Marine Corps University uh, Foundation. Um, you know, so people say, well, I've got an open door. Yeah, I, an open door is fine. But, but boss, you've got to go through that open door. You've got to go out to where your people are and, uh, and see what's going on and, and make yourself uh, accessible and available. So uh, I, I don't want to beat this to death, but that, that just seemed to me intuitively obvious that if you care about your people, then you're going to go where they are and give them a chance to, to share with you the things that, that, that they think uh, ought to be shared in a confidential uh, you know, environment. So, Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've, I've, I've talked with uh, a few CEOs and executives over the years that had mentioned open door policies and usually offline. I, you know, sometimes I think in one podcast interview, I actually asked, uh, one of the CEOs at Disney, he said he had a big open door policy. And I said, out of the 10 years you were there, how many people took you up on that open door policy? <laughs> and he said, I can tell you exactly how many. It was one, and I still remember his name because there was only one. And, yeah. it, and at the time I thought, you know, shame on the employees for not taking the boss up on the open door policy. But, you know, after listening to what you're saying, you know, the fact is a lot of, employees just view that open door policy as lip service. And, you know, that was a real good way of putting it. You know, you may have an open door policy, but sometimes you, the boss, you have to walk through that door and go elsewhere. Um, and you have yeah. to come to them. And Joe, maybe I was more conscious of it than, than others. Uh, because I came in, you know, the first Marine general and so forth. And so the, the perception on the part of many people was, Oh no, <laughs> this, this guy's going to come in dragging his knuckles you know, uh, you know, with uh, speaking in, in grunts, you know, in one syllable, uh, you know, uh, you know, ah, oh, you know, we're doomed, and and so uh, to kind of overcome all of that, I had to, <laughs> at least as much as possible, demonstrate I'm really a human being. You know, I, I really, you know, have thoughts, feelings. You know, blood runs through my veins. You know, I'm not a bad guy, and and I and I really give a damn about you because. I'm privileged to be your leader. 
and and I and I take that very very seriously. And just uh, you know, not bring tears to your eyes or you know grab you between the ribbons and the shooting badges, but but a leader has that I think solemn obligation to be you know a person with integrity of character, all those things to to the the people that he's privileged to lead, but also uh, demonstrate that he uh, genuinely uh, cares about them. And, um, you know, there's just a number of ways that that can be done by just uh, putting yourself in the position of, of uh, when you were, uh, you know, at the other end and you had a new boss. Uh, the other day, I, I'll share a quick story with you. Uh, in my class on Vietnam, I bring a number of people, boat people, uh, the media representatives, the different services, uh, uh, one who gives a talk on just war. I'll tell you about him later. War hey, sir, um, yeah. can I, I hate to interrupt you because I know you're okay. on a roll, but I do want to take a quick break and we'll go, pick go right back up with this when we come pick back. Pick right up when you're ready. Okay, right, we'll be right it. back. If you've got business travel coming up, vacation time, or you're going on leave, now's the time to make your reservations for spring and summer travel with American Forces Travel, serving you and helping your military family. American Forces Travel is an exclusive website and a DoD partnership with Priceline. It's powered by Priceline and built for veterans and active duty. American Forces Travel can save you money on flights, cars, and hotels, and support your branch of military at the same time. Active duty, reserve, veterans, and more can use this restricted website. You'll save money on flights, cars, and hotels, and on top of that, travel company commissions Go to your service branch to be reinvested into your military community. So check out America Forces Travel at veteranonthemove.com slash travel and see for yourself. That's veteranonthemove.com slash travel. All right, Sage, you were talking about um, bringing some reporters in and uh, you're, you're taking this into the college scene. Okay. Yeah, it's it simply the issue here is um, the, uh, the effect of the boss and um, – one of my uh, speakers was a war protester because that was part of the Vietnam War as well. And, and, and you know, you can't deny that, that that was mm -hmm. part of history. And, and so, but he had been an Air Force officer also, which is kind of interesting. And yeah. when he got out of officer training, he was so enthused about the Air Force. He was thinking about making it a career until he showed up at his first command. And there his boss was... Um, and he only referred to him as uh, Colonel K, but uh, in just a, not a very good example. Uh, alcoholic, he was referred to as the others as a poof, <laughs> P-O-O-F. And I never heard that before. Perhaps uh, you know that term, but it stands for a passed over old fart. <laughs> I haven't heard that one. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, this guy, this boss made his job, you know, just horrible, again, alcoholic, alcoholic rages and so forth. And at the end of the class, uh, I, I just mentioned to the class, keep this in mind, here's a young officer who was so enthused, he was thinking about making the Air Force's career, and instead got so turned off, among other things, became a war protester. But the furthest thing from his mind was to stay in the Air Force because of his first boss. Many yeah. of you are going to be somebody's first boss. And, and think about the, the awesome responsibility you have of, of that relationship, because they will remember you for good or for ill by the way that, that you, you treat them. And I said, no, the other aspect is we're not always going to have a great first boss. 
And sometimes you will have a poof or the equivalent of it. And so here's, here's the trick. Absorb all of those things that, that, you know, the lousy leadership, the poor example, all the rest. I mean, just take that all in stride and tuck it away and remember it. And when the situation comes up again, when you're the boss, think of how it felt to be humiliated, to be denigrated, to be ignored, to be treated the way you were, and then just do the right thing. So now you have a chance as a result of that bad experience. And, and the bad experience is what we call them the, the human resources. It's a, a technical term, jerk. <laughs> <laughs> you have a jerk. Learn from that jerk and then make the choice. You can become bitter or better. And I just uh, implore you to become better as a result of that, of that uh, uh, example of that uh, experience. That's awesome. I've thought, you know, after 24 years in the Marine Corps myself, I, you can learn just as much, if not more, from bad leadership as you can oh, from, from yeah. good leadership. So, sir, yeah. I did want to ask you, can you talk a little bit about the taking care of your own concept as you took it into the college classroom? Yeah, it's um, my, and, and again, all of these things just seemed to, to make sense to me. I was trying to put myself back in position of, of being a, a college student. And of course, it's really difficult for me because, you know, I, I went to a monastery called the, the Naval Academy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a different situation. But, but the, the youngsters today have so many challenges, so many things on their plate. I mean, it's, uh, my days as a student were a piece of cake compared to them. So I thought, you know, we're, we're here to, to learn together, but maybe we can make this a little bit. And of course, you know, the first day, everybody's kind of uptight with one another. And so I said, I always start off with uh, introducing myself. And then I'll, I'll say one of the bonuses of this class is uh, you're going to leave here with a new BFF. <laughs> so what I want you to do is to pick out somebody in this classroom whom you do not know. And you're going to interview that person, and that person is going to interview you, and then you are going to introduce that person to the rest of the class. Oh, oh, oh. no, no, no. It's not going to hurt. You're going to like this. So <laughs> give them enough time to do it. And so then they introduce their, their call. And, and the idea there is that now they, they know somebody new that they had not known, but also the fact that they're going to have to speak in front of a group. And I said, no, this is going to carry on. All of you are going to give oral presentations. Oh, said, no. is, this, is this a history class? Well, it's uh, this is a Vietnam War class and then also one on uh, uh, why we fight and how we fight U.S. wars. Okay. So, it's, yeah, kind of a historical uh, aspect to it. Definitely and not what they were expecting. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> and then, then the other is, uh, now, why, why am I doing that? Because you're going to be a graduate of the University of South Florida you're going to be expected to be able to give briefings, to, uh, to give uh, presentations, and to do so without stumbling over. And so here you're going to have the friendliest audience you could ever imagine, your peers. And so your presentations are going to be in front of them, and, and you, know, you get an idea that it's not that hard. Oh, but sir, you know, I have butterflies in my stomach. And, and my response is, so do I. Before every class, I have butterflies in my stomach. The trick is to get the butterflies to fly in formation. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so that's what it is. So anyway, we, we, we go through that part. And then uh, uh, all my, my quizzes are all essay. You know, there's no true fault, multiple choice. I mean, they're beyond that. Mm -hmm. I want to know what they think, how they think. What are their critical thinking skills? What do they come up with? How do they express themselves? And then 
because I was raised by nuns uh, who, who taught me English very, very well. Their paper, when I headed back, everything that's wrong is corrected. Uh, spelling, grammar, punctuation, and so forth, because I don't want them to walk away with the paper that is not not perfect, at, at least from the standpoint of the te- technical aspects. Yeah. But then the other is, I said, look, we're all in this together. I, 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 I made you a promise that when we finish, you will know more about the Vietnam War than most vet- Vietnam veterans and far more than most U.S. citizens. And so we're going to do this by studying together and so forth. But the other is, uh, this is not supposed to be a do or die situation for you. If you have, you know, something that comes up, you know, the car breaks down, you've got to take your mother to the hospital and so forth. Those things happen. And, and I'm not going to ding you for the vagaries of life that come our way. Just, just let me know and, you know, make up the, the work, et cetera. But, you know, let's just make this uh, as much as possible uh, uh, a treat instead of a treatment. And, and, Joe, the, the response has, has just been amazing that, you know, people say, gee, I, you know, I've got this going. I said, don't worry about it. Uh, a couple of them missed uh, the quiz, you know, so they sat their quiz. And I said, let me tell you right off, you, you're not going to be downgraded because you missed the quiz. You had things that are happening in your life, so you're just going to do the makeup quiz, and you're on the same uh, level as, as everybody else who was here the day of the quiz. So, you know, you're not going to be automatically have a, a, a grade reduction because you weren't. And, and the response is kind of like, wow, gee. And, and the other part is with all the guest speakers that I bring. Oh, I've got to tell you about my guest speakers. Uh, I want them to understand theory of just war. Yeah. So I found a man who was a Navy officer in Vietnam down in the Delta. Same time I was there, although I did not know him. Hmm. He got out of the Navy and became a lawyer. And then he became a judge. And then he became a priest. He's huh. a pastor of my church, wow. uh, Father Corcoran. Uh, his father's a Marine aviator. And so, but anyway, so that's the, the kind of uh, guest speakers. So then I have uh, lawyers to come in and talk about war crimes. And again, boat people and uh, the media. And, so, and, uh, uh, and after every class, the guest speakers stay around to answer questions from the students, uh, uh, retired ambassadors to learn about the State Department. All of these, these guest speakers who have been superb, nobody has ever turned me down. I think they consider it an honor to talk to, to students, which yeah. it really is. But then afterwards, to answer questions of how do you get into the State Department? How do you become an economist? How do you become a, you know, a lawyer? Those things that this is an opportunity for the face-to-face interview, if you will. And again, part of what I think is my responsibility to help them you know, get through college and, and, and learn and then be prepared for the, uh, for the next step, whatever it may be. Well, that's a phenomenal stories you got there, sir. I appreciate it. Um, we're out of time for this episode. So, uh, okay. look forward to continuing this conversation and, uh, other conversations on, on the next several episodes. So that's it for okay, this Joe. one. And, uh, so the, once again, these two veterans are Oscar Mike. Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike.